You guys ready? You're not holding the mic, Greg. That's why I asked. Okay. Greg, you have to you have to chew it a lot more. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can see you in your brain, like, oh fuck. <laughs> what did I get myself into? Yeah. Hey everyone, welcome hey, to the podcast. Okay, what's up? <laughs> this is Greg. What's the name of the podcast again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Greg, I hate you so much. <laughs> oh, it definitely is a genuine question. All right. Hello? Hold on, hold on. Greg, what's the name of our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, give us your best guess. I feel like he would fake it. Before, before I fully... Oh, it's, uh, I got it. Hey, everyone, welcome to Juicing the Numbers. <laughs> he got it. Uh, I'm your host, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corwin Heller. And we have with us today two of, um, two of our good friends. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Uh, my name's Caroline. Hey, I'm Greg. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Uh, we have these two on the show today because uh, they're both rugby players, and we thought it'd be fun uh, to dig in a little bit to rugby. It's, uh, well, sport. don't give me that much credit. Four more. Four more. Yeah, but you also ref now. I mean, yeah, that, so that's more. That's yeah. There, there's a big difference between playing rugby and refereeing rugby. Us know, referees are a little bit nicer of human beings. You know what's funny is when <laughs> I'm playing, you pretend there's no difference between refing and playing, but now there is, huh? Greg, hold the microphone no. closer to your girlfriend's mouth when she's talking. Please <laughs> acknowledge when she speaks. I don't know if we can trust Greg. I don't know if we can trust Greg with this. Uh, see, look, even Josh is having it. For those at home who might not know, we only got two microphones going for this one today. Yeah, this is very, this is very indie of a recording here. And it's yeah, we're gonna try our best. What do you think, Corwin? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but anyway, they both are current or former rugby players, and we um, not often talk about rugby, so we thought it'd be fun to get. Uh, some of their thoughts on the sport as can reference to other sports that we talk about and the it's it the sport itself. I just want to say, just so you don't think we're crazy and just laughing at nothing, when Greg <laughs> asked that question, they both held the mics to my mouth because we are not being video recorded for this. So no one will no one will ever see that. Maybe that's the next step. No, we talked about it, and I really don't want to have to like look presentable like every time. Look. Who said he had to look presentable? If we're gonna record with video, like I have to Who look cares? like it. Me? Why? Because I do. Have you ever seen the barstool guys? Those guys show up to sweatpants, sweatpants, and t-shirts. Sweatpants, sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, but Greg, I'm better than them, and I know it. Oh man, <laughs> I hope they get a hold of this one. They would rip you a new one. If someone that high profile <laughs> listened yeah. to my show, I'd be pretty honored. They don't give a sh- they don't give a shit about us. Yeah, that's fair. I met a. Uh, I met Big Cat once. Yeah, I know you told me, but Greg, can we start the show? We were talking. All right. <laughs> How's Dan? He's good. Dan's good. Yeah, nice. he's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so first, how how did each of you guys get into rugby itself? Well, I actually uh, funny story. Freshman year of college, I actually went to American University. Freshman year, um, and down in DC, wa- right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I was walking through the dorm and there was a flyer for it and it was like no experience necessary and I was like fuck I got that so (laughs) I showed up and it was just like a bunch of weirdos and freaks and I was like yes these are my people so and then it started from there it was an addiction like everywhere I bopped around Manhattan here I was like I need a team I need a team so so like did they like work you out and like get a vibe of like where you'd play like was there like um like a yeah. spring training kind of deal where they well, kind of figure everything out we had a uh we had a rookie day um where there's like a big incoming rookie class my year and the fun thing about rugby 
specifically on a club level, like, you know, everyone who plays professional rugby is like huge and jacked, but like on a club level, um, each specific body type, you can tell like what they'd be best at. So basically they just like took one look at me. And at that point I was much heavier. And if anyone who knows rugby, (laughs) they would appreciate, they looked at me and they're like, you're a prop. And I was like, all right. And it just started. I had no, I had no choice. They were like, you're going to be a prop. And I was like, okay. What's a prop? Yeah, uh, same, same question. <laughs> so um, you're here because we have no nothing. <laughs> I should have asked you that. I was like, "What's what's your uh, foundation knowledge here?" It's a position. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so very generally in rugby, there are forwards and backs, and stereotypically forwards are more brute force, and backs are more speed with the ball. Um, a prop is a forward position where in the scrum where the two sides of like the two teams go up against each other, the f- props right up front row. So that's like the biggest girls go in the front because you need the big hit like right away. So the, they looked at me and they're like, you could be a prop. I was like, okay. I had no idea what that meant at the time. No, I'm a little insulted. <laughs> <laughs> what position do you play now? Um, I actually play flank, which is still a forward position, but it's what's called a loose forward, which means um, – like in the scrum, I'm not le- locked in. I'm not like part of that big hit. I'm actually just hanging on loosely on the side so I can like let go and run off. The f- flanks are like the in-between of the forwards and backs. Okay. So. And Greg, what position were you? Um, I was a lock. And so kind of like Caroline was saying, they knew that I was a tall dude and... <laughs> <laughs> Really, they took one look at you and said, he's tall. Yeah, no, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no great evaluation. I'm glad they had a real combine for this. But uh, it's a very typical position for someone who's 6'5 to be playing. Um, as Caroline said, when you're the props are in the front row, um, the prop, prop hooker, and then the second row is two locks. Oh, okay. So is it, is it usually like, like a, a tall guy spot, or is it simply someone who's just good at like kind of moving the pile? Yeah, you know, it's 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 you don't have like the short you don't have like the short bulkiness type of person playing a lock because you kind of want a little bit of a stretch with your legs to really make that good impact coming in from the second row. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. and then since since you were up get, uh, fixing yourself a beer while Caroline yeah. was answering, I had um, to really mix it up, shake it up good and throw it over rocks and put a cherry on top of it to make it really look nice. <laughs> For reference, Greg just has a what looks like Miller Lite can it is, in a koozie. It is so, a Miller Lite can um, in a koozie. Great a- koozie. A- anyway, uh how did you get into rugby? I met a friend of mine my freshman year named Patrick McGuire in college and he's from Colorado he played rugby growing up through high school and he told me oh just come to their house party just come to the rugby house party it's fine like you don't you, just tell them you're thinking about playing and then you know <laughs> well, I guess you showed up and, and then you I showed, blacked out yeah and then you know yeah there I was at practice Woke up on the field and the there, next I, and day. there yeah. I was at practice the next day <laughs> So you were also no experience had no just kind of showed up no. and fucking went with it. We can curse on this fucking thing, right? Yes, Greg. Yeah, no <laughs> fucking idea what I was doing. So how long did it take each of you guys to like acclimate to like the play style and the positions and like is there much? I know there's positions, but is there much like scheming or like playmaking? Caroline's ripping the mic out of my hand, so I'm gonna turn that one over to her. I'm not ripping the mic out of your hand. I was just trying to gesture without saying anything that I have an answer. Um, 
I just like to say that it's a common joke between rugby players that we still don't know the rules of the game. <laughs> no one knows the rules. Greg, like, he'll try to explain some, like, refing call to me, and I have no idea. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I just do what I'm told. So... <laughs> But you just like wake up, you just wake up one day and realize like you kind of figure out what you're doing. There's not, there's not a lot of like different plays. Like in football, you could have, I don't, I don't know anything about football. <laughs> the, sport, the, the, the sport of American football was easily based off of the sport of rugby. But the big difference is, and I'm not just saying this because we are currently watching a basketball game as we record this. It's got the flow of a basketball game where it's not... You're not stopping all the time, so there's not always a minute to actually set up a draw play. So it's got that fun, flowing, uh, fun, free flowing atmosphere of basketball in that sense. Does that make sense, Caroline? I would say it's more like soccer, but like, yeah, I guess. But like the same idea, like it's got the same free flowing like soccer does. Yeah, you could start off, um, you're like, all right, guys, this is what we're going to do. And then two seconds later, you're just, oh, shit, and you're doing something completely different. You just go where the game takes you. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say that's most sports. I think football has given, like American football has given a weird definition to what the word play means because it's so structured. Because like when I started getting into hockey, like a play in hockey isn't the same thing as a play in football where it's like super written out. Like you, everyone knows their position and what their position used to do to react to what is happening on the ice. But, like, there's no, like, super NFL-style scripted plays. Can I make a bold statement? Corwin, can I make a bold statement? No. Give it 20 years, football will be phased out by then, and rugby will be its replacement. We both said no, so we're going to cut that. (laughs) Yeah, we don't allow bad opinions in this show. I don't know if you've listened to it before, but But no no, bad opinions. But no, seriously, okay. No, 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 no. Okay, now we're getting into it. Craig, don't shout. (laughs) You're getting me excited. (laughs) (laughs) Probably doesn't take much. Look, look. Look, there's been so much political bullshit in American football. <laughs> there's been way too much stoppage. The Super Bowl was miserable to watch, and we all know it. We don't have to go there. People are getting hurt left and right. Parents aren't letting their kids play American football anymore because it is dangerous with how many people are getting are getting head traumas and head injuries and the whole nine yards of that. It's going to phase out because people are going to realize how unsafe of a sport it is. And the NFL allowed that sport to become as dangerous as it is today by just not enforcing the rules. Coaches weren't teaching players how to properly tackle. Where in rugby, your tackling form is so important that if you're not doing it right, you can be sitting out for the rest of the game because of a red card. People are taught how to tackle safely in rugby. It's going to be the new sport in about 20 years, especially with this new MLR league that just started. These professional rugby teams in America are playing at minor league baseball stadiums. How cool is that? Like, that's nowhere that we thought we would have been. No, I mean, I give you a lot of credit because I, I think that you're right that, like, rugby is going to get way more popular. Because, I mean, like, people – remember when people would say, like, soccer ain't going to be shit in the U.S. Now, you know, MLS is the fastest growing sport in yeah. the U.S., which will eventually slow down. It's, it's the fastest growing because it had the farthest to go up. Um, but I assume that rugby would have a similar rise at some point, and I think that is in part because the NFL did itself no favors in how it decided to grow and not deal with the fact that head injuries – I mean, they swept the head injuries thing under the rug for forever, and I think that's going to come back to bite them, and that yeah. rugby could very well. 
now we know too room. much like all these medical discoveries and now you're looking back at people who like played football years ago and they're like getting scanned they're like wow they're fucked and <laughs> their brains are just mush yeah they're not, they're not doing too hot <laughs> so greg what what is it like being now that you're a ref what's it like looking at the game as a non-player it's it's very interesting um i think the one advantage that I had by getting into referee as early refereeing and getting into refereeing as early as I did was the fact that I was still learning the sport. So I only started refereeing about a year and a half after playing, maybe two years after playing. So I still had such a fresh mind that I was able to shift my mind into a refereeing mindset a lot easier than somebody who might have played American football growing up. And then decided after playing through high school and playing through college that they wanted to become a, a football referee. When you watch rugby on TV, like American football, do you get upset at like certain penalties? Yeah, I, 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 I key into what the referees are doing when I watch it on TV. And I tend to help justify some of the calls that I've made in my time by... See, no, seriously, like I know, Greg, I'm not down here. Yeah, no, no, funny. seriously, like I was watching a game today and I saw a referee uh, give somebody a yellow card for an intentional knock on, and it was a very similar play that I, I've, I did made the same exact call in a match that I was doing, and I had, then the coach even talked to me about it after the game, and I had my explanation. But being able to see somebody at a higher level on TV make literally the same exact call I did. It helps me. It helps shape myself as a rug as a rugby referee. Have you ever thought about getting into coaching? Since you've kind of no, been looking at it no, from it's, a third party perspective already. No, it's the. You know, I'll go and I'll help out Caroline's club team that she plays on right now. And when I say help out, like I'll go run around with them and I'll run through the drills. <laughs> and no, it's true. But like, we it, know, it, Greg. It keeps. <laughs> Still it just funny. sounds like something like, oh, yeah, we went out for recess and I ran around with them. <laughs> yeah, we played frisbee. Played freeze tag. I mean, that's not far off. We did play sharks and minnows last time Greg came to yeah, practice. So. I joined your rugby team. <laughs> Corwin, um, you'd be good. Currently recruiting for the men's and women's team. So. Corwin, you would be good. You're a tall kid. I don't live here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Although their league is in Pennsylvania. Just saying. Find your local rugby club. We're in Pennsylvania. Uh, she plays for Lehigh Valley, the Hooligans. Shout yeah, out. Why, yeah, why don't you guys give shout-outs for your shout teams? You can, you, can, you can promote whatever the fuck you want on this uh, show. I probably should because we're looking lean. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I currently play for Lehigh Valley Hooligans in Bethlehem. It's part of the Eastern Pennsylvania Rugby Union. So we play against like Philly women, Lancaster, Phoenixville, Doylestown. Those scary, scary Philly women. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they're a little... You know what? They're a D3 team, so they play against us, but... I mean, they have a D3 team, but they also have a D1. And then when they come and play us and they throw in some D1 subs, and we're like, are you fucking kidding me? It's really infuriating, but yeah. Are, are they bigger than the other teams? <sighs> there are some teams that like are notorious. Oh, South Jersey have some big girls. <laughs> big girls. I got knocked the fuck out one time by like a girl that was easily like 350 pounds. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> But that's like the great thing about rugby, and especially when it comes to women's rugby that I've um, discussed with a lot of my friends is it's really body positive. You know, like it's an arena, like a sports 
um, social circle for the first time that like big girls feel welcome. And like we're on the sidelines getting ready for games and we're just like ripping off our jerseys and we're all standing around sports bras like rolls out. We don't give a shit. Um, it's just. I see why Greg plays with your team. <laughs> Fits right in. What cup size are you there, Greg? I like to show off my sports bra too. <laughs> Stop wearing Caroline's clothes. <laughs> For the record, it is mine. What? Greg, would you just sit with your girlfriend? Like, I can't stand the sound of this microphone. Keep going back and forth. Yeah, because it's the wire here, dude. Just sit. Is do you, 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 do you want me to sit up uh, up here so we can be? Sorry, right. folks at home. Yeah, girl, why don't you slide over, Ben? You know he can edit that out. You don't want to get him apologized. Are you gonna edit any of this out? You're just gonna pop it on down. I'm gonna edit some of this out. I, oh, now th okay. this is actually gonna get released tomorrow, so I do have to improv some editing. Like I'm gonna do it I super think you quick, just but pop it all down. Okay, that's, that's well, not how it's gonna happen. And then you're gonna have to be a little more succinct if you want him to do that. Can we leave all of this in just to call out Greg? No, yeah. no, come on. That'd so, be great. So I do wanna I do wanna come back to um some of the, the women in sports stuff a little bit later because I do have some questions um, on that. Uh, but I would like to ask, so if um, if you were trying to convince someone, like you, you were recruiting someone to, to play rugby, like what would be some like your main selling points? In addition to the things you just said, um, which are, you know, like more relatively, I guess, more women uh, specific, although body positivity, I think, goes both ways. Um, what are some other selling points you would give to somebody who's, who's kind of maybe on the fence you're trying to convince to join uh, your team or Can a league? This one? Can I take this one? Well, you can both take this one, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Just, just take the mic, is, Greg. Is it a serious answer? Yeah. No, for, it's serious. For, the, Greg, so, you're for those the who. the oldest six year old I know. <laughs> also, for reference, these two are a couple. <laughs> that might explain some things here. The one thing that I really didn't. Okay, let me. Give me the headphones. Let's see how I hear. Oh, just do it, Greg. 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 <laughs> I've never had this much fun recording. Just cash. Hey, fuck you. I'm telling you, just plop it all down on this. Dude, one. just just talk. <laughs> the sense of community between the whole, between everybody who plays rugby, who's involved with rugby, is something that I've never been a part of before. Like we've done a tournament before in Harrisburg. And after the tournament, everybody camped out on the pitch and we were all hanging out at night, drinking beer, having a good time. And it was just something I've never witnessed before. All these people who were comp competing at one point of the day and then at the afterwards, they can put it all aside and share a beer together. It's you never I've never seen anything like it. It's the one thing that truly separates it from any other sport or organization or anything along those anything along that lines that currently exists in america when it comes to club sports today i i agree to to an extent um i think specifically like making friendships as an adult when you're not in school is hard yes it is so hard and it's so awkward you can't just be like a kindergartner going up to someone like i like your bracelet can we be friends and they're like okay freak <laughs> but like when you join you can't <laughs> some rough now. kindergartners <laughs> Jesus. but when you join a team it's like automatic you know friendship because you have to be like you're i mean your well-being is on the line on the pitch for 80 minutes like i've had my life saved by some girls before on the pitch and then you, you, you you're instantly so close and i think a lot of that does have to do with the fact that rugby is kind of a, a rare thing to hear someone say they do so immediately right away like 
when Greg and I first started dating, when we first started talking, it was like one moment he didn't even know I played rugby, and then he found out, and they were just like, oh fuck yeah, like like we're homies now, like you know right away. Um, and so when you say that rugby's gonna take over football, it kind of makes me sad because then it's not as special anymore. But oh, you like the exclusivity special. of it, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think okay. <laughs> <laughs> when that when that happens, when that happens, I think that the community aspect of rugby will still be there as well. Like as much as it is becoming oh, oh this we're having a conversation. That's how it that's how it works. You talk, maybe I have something to say. I interject. Hi, <laughs> I am currently interjecting. <laughs> but no, it's true. Like even when there is professional, even now that there is professional rugby, that doesn't mean that everyone's going to be playing in it. So this aspect of club club rugby isn't necessarily just going to go away. What are you saying over there? You whispered something to him. <laughs> I'm telling you, just plop it all down in this one. <laughs> I need you to stop making sound effects. <laughs> Do you have any buttons? No, I don't have any fucking buttons, Greg. Like a what? toilet flush? What was the name of the guy who did the sound effects in the Police Academy movies? Oh, Michael Winslow. Yes. Do your Michael Winslow impression. I don't no, know who that Greg is. Greg doesn't get impressions, all no. right? He doesn't earn it. Sorry. Greg so. Again? Greg doesn't know movies. I second that motion. Yeah, it's not a motion; it's an opinion. <laughs> anyway, um, so how long after you guys started? Because because since it sounded like both you guys' first experience with rugby was actually like kind of going onto a field and doing it. Um, how long after you guys were in the world of rugby as players did you kind of get in, uh, interested in it as spectators and fans? Because uh, when we came over, Greg was watching a rugby match. Um, like, how many games do you guys watch in a season? How how active are you guys as as spectators now? It's kind of like soccer. If you know anyone that's like a big soccer fan, a lot of the games do tend to be on at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning. So it's real good that like you can wake up and watch it. It's only been more recently that we've been putting on a game when we see it. I just bought ESPN Plus and I didn't really realize how much rugby is on that. So we've been watching it a lot more on that as well. The, like cord moving in my it's headphones. He's, it's he's doing this. Yeah. Just stop fidgeting. Um, <laughs> when I first started playing rugby and like we wanted to hang out as a team outside of practice and have team bonding that we like to call it. Um, a lot, you know, what do you do outside of practice with a bunch of rugby players? You watch rugby. Like, so we would watch it. Um, and my first coach encouraged us to watch it a lot as well because, you know, you're playing a club team, watching it, professional rugby. It's Of course, it's just a different animal altogether. The hits are bigger. The plays are bigger. Everything's bigger and greater and grand. And he always encouraged us to watch it just so we could get a sense of, like, how fast and how hard things move on a professional level. So, for me, pretty soon after. I took a pretty large interest into watching a lot of college rugby when I first started playing um, because as I went through my college career and I stopped playing like a little after my sophomore or like a little bit into my spring semester sophomore years when I stopped playing, although I was still involved with the club, we were building, we were growing at such a rate to the point where my college team was breaking the top 20 and you know there's going to be some people like some people say top 20 and they're like oh we're national champions and in college rugby it's not as 
it's not as organized as something like NCAA sports, like college basketball, but there is definitely a true top 20. So when I'm saying top 20, I'm not saying like we're top 20 of like the D3 schools, like a Montclair state. No, we're top 20 fitting in there with life university and the Penn state of the world and the wheeling Jesuits of the world and the armies of the world and teams like that. So I really, when I could, and I found it online, would definitely try to watch as much college rugby as possible. So what I took out of that was uh, Montclair State sucks. That's, that's what I <laughs> no, got. They, fuck, fuck Montclair. No, yeah. no, no, no. That's not right. Greg's, it's Greg's impo- putting it's in- all of Montclair on alert right now. <laughs> right on site. There's one guy who listens to this in all of Montclair who's just like... What the fuck? <laughs> Keep your eyes peeled for a big-eared six-foot-six dude who wears strictly Iona College apparel because he's he's coming to fight. No, I'm not. <laughs> That's just to throw you off. He's definitely coming. Um. So if if you were so this is this is primarily uh, well typically a relatively um, analytic show well, where we try to spend. Uh, every Thursday where we talk about numbers and we try to interject numbers when we, where we can. If you were like a rugby analyst, is there any number that's, that you think would really be relevant? Um, speed for certain players or um, scoring for a team's offense or is there a defensive metric? If, if you were an analyst of the sport, is there anything in particular you would care about? I'm going to turn this one over to Caroline first as I think about it a little, little bit longer. Thanks for the update, Greg. Uh, translation, Greg does not know. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I don't think I could I could properly answer that either. I just I, I know on a personal level when it comes to like me and my teammates, we all keep a running number of just like how many tries we've had specifically as forwards because backs score a lot of tries because they're passing the ball like really quick, a lot of hands, a lot of speed, a lot of breakaways. And when you're a forward, you uh, yeah, you help them get there, but you don't actually always get the glory. So I've had like two tries in my entire uh, rugby career, per se. Have um, they been amazing? Oh, my God. <laughs> in my head, I was like, I looked around, I was like, did anyone else just see that? And they're like, you yeah. just shouted so much. <laughs> I'm going to turn For you down record. now. For the record, one of those tries, I was refereeing that game. That's what you're referring to. One of the is that one? Of the you basically <laughs> winked while saying that. <laughs> what did I wink? No, but you basically did. Oh god, that's awful. But like, do you guys keep track of like? Um, it's tough to say even hits is like as like a stat because I feel like there's nothing but hits in rugby. But like, is there right. anything else you guys like keep track of as a team in particular? Um, I don't know. I I, I think that it's really easy in rugby to get. Um, in the midst of the game, just like kind of go into an oh shit mentality and do a lot of big hits, a lot of forward punches just to get the ball forward. But when you get like really nice rugby going, really nice organized, you know, a clean punch and then out to the back and running, like I think the things that people pay attention to, even though like the big hits are dramatic and they like look good and, you know, um, really clean breakaways are things people talk about forever. Like really organize. Greg and I will be watching professional rugby and we'll just like watch a sequence of going back across the field, you know, and then they make a clean break and going, and it's really organized and just we'll look at each other and be like, that was pretty rugby. Like that was 
beautiful, so well done, clean. Um, so I think like people really value um, good hands, like really good, a good like two minute streak of just hands, hands, hands across the pitch, hands, hands, hands across the pitch. And when you can do that over and over again, like that's impressive. Uh, possession of the ball is incredibly important in the sport. Um, you mean like time of possession? Yeah, I. It, it's if you can hold on to the ball and you can really <laughs> control what you're doing when you're on offense, that can really be a game changer when it comes to a match. So you're saying if you do really well on offense, yeah. you're more likely to win the game. <laughs> you know, uh, I there there's a quote out there, and it's. No, I don't know where I was going with that. You, that one you can cut. <laughs> Greg is trying to do this while also watching a college basketball game he's bet $3 on. To win four. <laughs> Greg, Greg is either shouting into the mic while holding it against his lips or speaking very quietly while holding it against his chest. Okay. So, Greg, give the mic to your girlfriend. Another, uh, no, no, another, another, another statistic. I'll try. Another statistic in rugby that's really important, I, yeah. in my opinion, is tackle uh, percentage completion. So there's yeah. actually uh, there's actually a way to make a tackle without completing the tackle. Um, so if you go to wrap up and let's say you don't necessarily end up going to the ground with the with the ball carrier, but you but the ball carrier goes to the ground and you cause them to go to the ground, he can get right back up and keep running. Um, so you technically didn't complete that tackle. Um, when you go to the, when you are the tackler and you tackle the ball carrier to the ground and you go to ground with him, that's a completed tackle. And there's more that happens after that, that gives the defensive side more of a chance to cause the turnover and regain possession of the ball. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Corwin, do you have any questions? Yeah, sure. So just because we were watching it earlier, this is something I came up with. Um, I have no idea how the seasons or like the setup for international rugby works. Can you just explain it? So there's a, there's a lot of different rugby happening at once. Um, it's not like the NBA where like you have just your winter season and then maybe you have like a summer off season or maybe sometimes the Olympics are going on in the summer. Uh, the way the the way rugby set up is much different. Um, first of all, let's start with this, the fact that there are de technically two different types of games when it comes to rugby. So there's rugby sevens and there's 15s and there's a different style of play for each of them. Um, for sevens, there's actually a whole international circuit that happens, and that's just recently started, and they go city to city across the globe uh, from Las Vegas. Uh, across to the globe? Yeah. I'm just saying, from Las Vegas to across the globe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I like, love how much that just sent Greg's mind in like a pretzel, just like <laughs> tied him up completely. I didn't get it. <laughs> but then they, it's the same series will end up in Hong Kong. It'll it'll end up in Russia. It'll end up in Canada. It, it goes all over the place. Um, so that's something that just started. Where at the same time, there's the premier the, there's the Premier League that's going on right now. Um, and then every four years, there's the Rugby World Cup, and that happens. Um, 
that take that's actually taking place in yeah this summer in Tokyo, Tokyo, or Hong Kong. I think it's Tokyo. I'm almost positive it's Tokyo. Like ninety nine percent. Yeah, big fans. <laughs> um, Caroline, what do you have to say? <laughs> Thank you for. I'm just gonna hold the mic from now on because the way that you're like only you can't imperceptibly moving it is like making my ear go insane. Um, just leave it all in, Josh. Club level. <laughs> on on a club level, we do a fall and spring season um, that are, as Greg was saying, are 15s. So 15 players on each side for 80 minutes, and then during the summer, um, we do sevens, which is seven players. 14 minute games so a lot a lot more running around but for a shorter yeah, that period must be of time a sprint jesus a lot a lot of running but that's why during the summer the you know games are only 14 minutes because if it was like a reg, regular length rugby game you'd you'd die <laughs> oh just from sheer sweat and heat exhaustion oh yeah like when we do seven tournaments like greg was talking about the harrisburg game where we all like camped out on the pitch afterwards you do several sevens games throughout the day with like little breaks in between at the end of the just drenched drenched <laughs> shout out to harrisburg rugby that tournament is awesome yeah. it is awesome that's um um you can tell when Greg holds the mic as yeah. he because <laughs> he's just all sound. Greg, I'm just gonna hold it, okay? I got excited. I know, you I know, know you, I know you got it. I know, yes. You know what? You'd probably benefit from them more than I would. Yeah, because I'm a screamer. <laughs> <laughs> and just a look in on the personal life of Greg and Caroline. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah, um, yeah. That's this is going out and being published. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there's pretty much a, a one type of rugby or another going on at any point during the calendar of the year. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was not for transition from me. Um, if you guys were made like the presidents of uh, Major League Rugby, what would be, <laughs> as you both devilishly smile, <laughs> how would you guys try your best to, to sell the sport on a more national scale? How would you try to gain interest? Greg, our marketing expert. Oh, that's right. I'm not allowed to hold it. Shout out to... Shout out to Rugby United New York because what I think they've been doing with their marketing um, is absolutely fantastic with the way they're trying to attract new people to the game. Because let's face it, like people will definitely be a little timid to watch it for the sake that they're not going to know exactly what's going on during the game. But I've been seeing them doing advertising in the New York subways that basically says, get a new sport, like come do this. This is something you've probably never thought about doing before, but come check this out. Like just come watch it. So I think that route is, is the smartest route for them to be going down right now when it comes to trying to make this as popular as possible and what route is that just telling people come watch it <laughs> <laughs> no, just, so basically it's the rugby just, equivalent of just do it yeah it's more of like just the fact that they you guys suck the message <laughs> <laughs> the message that they're 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 messaging that they're trying to get through with their marketing is solely Come see something new. Do something new. Push. Expand your horizon. Exactly. Yeah. 
Carolyn, what would you do as the president of Major League Rugby to garner interest? Um, this sounds so simplistic, but I mean, you guys were watching rugby before, um, and from people. <laughs> oh God, Craig, just, just, keep, sh- just, keep just going. shut up. Yeah. Um. Thank you. When I talk to people who like come to me and tell me they watched rugby for the first time because they know I play, they're like, "Hey, blah blah blah." One of the first things they always say is you don't realize until you see in person how big these guys are. <laughs> They're just big. Like I said, on a club level, each like body type has a different – on a professional level, they all have to be ready to do everything. So they're all jacked, really strong, really fast, can like lift each other up in the air and also jump in the air. They do everything. So I think just like – I don't want to objectify, but like it's almost like on a gladiator level. Just like <laughs> come watch this sheer – ability of these humans the athleticism is is out of control so i think if they really focused on um like the profiles of some of these athletes because they're just they're just really impressive athletes and i don't think that there's another sport out there that um requires like that amount of physicality so no i think it's a good point i I think most sports rely a lot in uh, their selling is be based upon the players you know i mean if you ask people like I know people who are not baseball fans who know like you know who Alex Rodriguez is even though he's not in the game anymore or Derek Jeter or um, Nolan Arenado has been in the news a lot Bryce Harper's been in the news a lot so like people know those names so that's actually a really good point. There's a reason these big sports um, I want to say companies I can't think of the right word leagues center all of their attention around a core group of players. It's how you build identification and build a brand identity and get people to look up to these players and want to follow them into the sport. Especially if they're as physically gifted Adonises <laughs> as, as the, the rugby playing population hey, is. Jason Momoa is like so hot right now. Basically, rugby uh, is just popping. like all Jason Momoa. It's like that's all it is. So, I mean, I, it has... He went to a Vancouver Canucks game and that was like the highlight of, of hockey's what, was week. Was him being there? Was him just <laughs> being at a Canucks game wearing a jersey. That doesn't surprise me at all. I like how the entire like national identity of New Zealand is just Jason Momoa... Rugby, flight of the Concords, flight of the Concords, and that one really good director that nobody can pronounce his name. Wait a minute. Peter Jackson. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Step backwards. Hold on. Step backwards. Rugby and flight of the Concords. What's that about? Seriously, guys. You're Greg's, talking about Greg's watching TV and has no idea what's going no, on. No, yeah, Greg just lost we're three dollars. <laughs> oh, just oh, I didn't know. I didn't know flight of the Concords came from New Zealand. I didn't know. I really. You've didn't. never watched the show. No, I I listened. I listened to like some of the skits and some of the songs. I watched like maybe one episode, but I was very unaware that they were from New Zealand. Dude, the band's manager is like works at the New Zealand consulate's office. I didn't know that. I didn't watch. You don't watch. We're moving on. This isn't a Flight of the Concord show. It can be. <laughs> no, it's not. It's can be juicing it's the not. numbers. A Flight of the Concord's <laughs> fan show. Um, actually, I do want to throw one other thing down in this little pipeline that we're having. We're talking about. Go ahead, buddy. Throw um, it down the pipeline. I think it's great that uh, Bill Belichick. <laughs> I love sex jokes, <laughs> dude. Just keep talking. I love. Uh, uh, shout out to Bill Belichick. <laughs> he does not need your shout out. No, no, no. For allowing Nate Ebner to play on the USA Sevens national team when they were in the Olympics, I think that's awesome that he allowed him to go back to a sport that he used to play when he was in college um, and compete on such a high level. And I think that was a great thing for the sport. 
I'll allow that shout out. Yeah, actually, I, that is one thing. Are we big not Patriots fans? No, I love me we're some just Robert Kraft and back massages. We're just. We're just <laughs> Oof. <laughs> uh, we're just big shitters of on the NFL. Although I will give them credit, they are very good about ha- allowing their athletes to play two sports, as they did with like Bo Jackson back in the day. And um, who was that guy that competed on the U.S. men's team in the Olympics? The the runner. Um, you know who I'm talking about? No. <laughs> Some one, I think like as a wide receiver, somebody competed in the Olympics, or at least went to the Olympic trials for um. Uh, oh, Marquise Goodwin. Yes, yes. They, the NFL is really good about letting their players do multiple things, whereas the NHL is not. Let's not talk about that. Wait, the yeah. NHL really like? Yeah, they wouldn't let their skaters go compete in the um, Olympics. Oh, I remember. Yeah, that. but I thought that was something more down the lines of the fact that they were professionals and they wanted quote unquote amateur athletes to be in the Olympics. No, do right. remember the dream team of the of the nineties with oh, an NBA yeah. and yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to move on. <laughs> um, so I also want to take this opportunity to talk with um, both of you, but mostly Caroline, <laughs> about uh, women playing sports and women being involved in sports. So Caroline, you also um, mentioned, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, that you got um, something of a new position at your rugby league office kind of deal. Yeah. Um, so the way that uh, our club works is that we do have a board because we all elect to do this in our spare time. And we do have to keep it running. Um, so we have, like, different officers for the board. And I del- did get elected women's rep, which basically means – because Lehigh Valley Hooligans is – thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Lehigh Valley Hooligans is a – we have a men's team and a women's team and are developing a youth team right now. So we – you know, they need a representative for the women's team at the board meeting is to keep in mind the interests of the women because we tend to get overlooked in the large scheme of the t- uh, of the organization. I'm like eating it. You're supposed um, to. That's essential. <laughs> I also like to point out that there is now a rugby game on, and I'm now the only person not staring at the <laughs> TV as everyone else in this room is fixated <laughs> on the rugby match. But and- <laughs> to, okay, I'll bring it back. Um, yeah, we I did get elected women's rep um, because we have a large men's team and a not so large women's team. So um, yeah, we need to keep. So I know you were touching on how you've been growing, um, or selling the game to women, you know, via body positivity. What other things do you try to bring up when you're recruiting women to play the game? Um. So I've actually my new venture is I'm on Bumble right now recruiting. <laughs> Some of my teammates are on Tinder specifically recruiting and <laughs> on Tinder like bringing their like lesbian dates Wait, we- to <laughs> practice. <laughs> Wait, no, no. Well, can you let me finish talking? We're dating. You need to get some clarification on we already, Bumble. We already established it's that we're dating. It's a business Bumble account. No, it's it's not. Or friends, I should friends. say. Bumble Sorry. BFF. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I did not know people actually use those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Women looking for activities. Yeah. <laughs> but. <sighs> Do you guys search for people on Craigslist? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No. Misconnections. But we are trying to get in touch with more of our. Okay, let's be honest. Um, gay women love rugby. They love it a lot. Uh, we're going to try to... We just talked about like some of our fundraising efforts with the upcoming season. We're going to be part of Pride Night at the Iron Pigs. Um, oh, that's awesome. When's that? Uh, I, 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 have just to, down the road? I have to check. At some time, I think early May. But um, we have a lot of different like vendors at Pride Night every year. I went last year. 
Um, you know, they have like the LGBTQ youth center there. And, but so we're going to try to get in touch with our more queer side. Um, we are like the Lehigh Valley hooligans are one of the straightest teams in the league and it shows in our numbers, like, because all the other teams are like full of beautiful gay women and I'm jealous. So, <laughs> so you're jealous of other beautiful gay women Yes. And you're openly saying that in front of your boyfriend? Oh, he knows I'm queer. It's fine. He's over it. He is so locked into rugby. He did not <laughs> even acknowledge that. No, thing. Greg has headphones on, so now he's treating this as a, just a radio show that he's just <laughs> listening to. That's he, where he's at now. He's listening to the podcast live. Yeah, this is, this is just a live show for Greg. This is not my segment. Thank you. All right. You can still participate. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 honestly, I'm not so surprised by, by that. I think... I think most sports in in general, women's leagues are dominated by gay players. You hear this in the NBA all the time. Um, I've been hearing it recently with the NWHL, um, softball as well. And I, yeah. I, I, I think it's just because of representation. I, I think that there's a lot of gay women who are very comfortable being out and playing their sports. And other gay women see that and they go, I can play that sport too. And yeah. I, that's why I kind of think it's, it's, good, it's good to grow the sport in any respect. But to also have women of all different kinds playing the sport because then it gets them to see that that's the, for them too yeah um there's been bigger pushes from it um in the men's leagues because uh in the exact polar opposite men's leagues tend to be dominated by straight men yeah. and i i that's why they've been I, in my estimation trying to push harder for uh pride nights of some kinds the yankees are having their first one this season um the nhl does a great job with it every season try to get more people of the LGBTQ community to, to come out. But I think it's a lot of it's yeah. representation. Yeah, absolutely. What um, do you think are some of your, um, the, the things you've gained the most from being someone who has played sports as, as a woman? Um, I, I think a lot of it, like when specifically when you're playing rugby, there's just a certain level of confidence you have to have at all times, because even if you're faking it, because you know, you, you, you can't be scared on the pitch. And I think that translates to a lot of aspects of my life. A, a lot of times at work, like, It'll come up like I'm in a meeting. I'm in a meeting. Like they're like, oh, um, you know, I, for reference, I, I work at an office that's all like 40 year old men and older. Um, so I'm a little fish out of water there. But like we'll we'll be in a board meeting and they'll have some blue language going on. They'll be like, oh, watch yourself. Caroline's over there. And and then one of my bosses will be like, ah, fuck, she plays rugby. Like she doesn't care. So uh, I kind of I almost get like dude points sometimes which sucks like it shouldn't be like that but I, I I get an advantage sometimes just for like seeming more aggressive or more masculine in a way and you know I don't think it's fair because I've seen you when you've gone out I mean you, you, you put on makeup you put on nice clothes I am I the mean. two polar opposites I either like I look like a man or I like spent way too much time on myself I can't do like in between at all but uh yeah I I, I think and back to like the adult friendship part, like when I first joined the team, I didn't know anyone and you had to get used to it real quick. So I think that um, when you go into like a, a room full of strangers, being part of a team where you have you meet strangers all the time, it it gets easier to just be like, oh, hey, OK, start a conversation or like initiate something because you're forced to communicate all the time. You can't be quiet on the pitch. You're constantly screaming your head off. So now you can't shut me up. <laughs> Though we've tried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have. How do you feel as though it's affected your um, 
like activity like obviously your yeah, activity level is higher because you play a sport but like keeping think track of things like your diet and and going to the gym or whatever like has it has it been uh something of a more motivational factor like ah i've been exhausted recently i gotta now be focusing on my cardio or my legs feel like jello i gotta yeah. go now do more leg presses have you been noticing in that respect of your life as well yeah definitely i mean i've always been well not always but like for the for the past few years, um, I've been like a really active person as far as just like weightlifting in the gym, whatever. I've always always been a chubby kid, so like I've been painfully aware of my diet at all times. Um, I can relate to this very. Yes, <laughs> people are like, "Oh, I just like eat whatever and never gain weight." I'm like, "Fuck off." That's my brother. And it drives me insane. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> um, but is that a fat joke? <laughs> she calls me fat. It's okay. So does my girlfriend. I do not call you. Just kidding. I do not call you fat. For, for those at home, Corin's incredibly skinny. <laughs> like, like. Yeah, Corin is six foot eight and two hundred fifteen pounds. He mm-hmm. barely registers as a human being. <laughs> I genuinely hope our listeners would know when I'm joking. Otherwise, this is probably a horrible podcast to listen to. Dude, I can really tell when you're joking. <laughs> I've known you for like half a decade. Fuck. <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, it's nice to now have like something to work towards. Like I'm in the gym, not because like I want to look cute. It's like <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go back. I, I just said the other day, I was like, I can't wait to go back to practice because indoor practices are starting soon. So I was like, I can't wait to see like how much time in the gym, like how that's going to translate on the pitch. Like I, not to brag, but I did get voted women's best player last year. No, Greg, you can't clap for your girlfriend. I got asked to be on this podcast. You can't, look you can't at- clap for your girlfriend's previous achievements and then mock her new ones. <laughs> but I just, I, I now I feel like this pressure to like kind of uphold a performance on the pitch. And it's exciting. It's exciting to be like, feel competitive at 26 years old. I was going to say something, but the time for it had passed. So I kind of gave up. Well, <laughs> you do this to me all the time. Now. now you got to say it. No, because it was like a joke that was like in the moment, and now if I even say it out of context, it's going to just sound awful, and I just well, can't do I that. I want to hear it. No. The, you get the nothing. You home, get nothing, and you'll like it. The listeners at home want to hear it. Greg, we all know the listeners are at home. This is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all the listeners are at home. <laughs> also, they don't actually exist. No, we have listeners. They lick my balls. You can't keep saying this. They're, they're real. They're Believe out there. in yourself. Let's, Come let's, on. Let's, Let's get to the numbers. <laughs> no, we're moving on. So how would you want, like, um, if, if, if you were in charge of, I don't know, some shadow government group that runs all of women's <laughs> sports in the world, how would how would you try to grow? Like, how, how would you market sports to women? How would you convince more women to be like, find a sport you love, even if it's not rugby, if it's softball or basketball or hockey or field hockey or whatever? How, w- how would you convince more women to go out and, and join some kind of sporting community? AKA, what's your opinion on Title Nine? <laughs> so you're saying on a playing level, not a spectating level. Yeah, no, actually getting involved because I know plenty of women who watch sports. You know, like and, and women's no, sports. No, we'll watch men's sports. Yeah. Although, yeah, actually, I don't. I don't know most people who. I don't know really anyone who follows women's sports. I'm yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that's a different conversation yeah. we can get to in a second. But like, as as a player, you know, how would you convince more women to actually go out in there and be involved? As a player. Um, the thing I hear a lot when I tell people to 
that they should play rugby, which I tell people constantly that they should play rugby. I'm recruiting 24 seven. Um, I'm going to do that this whole time. All right. Right up on my uh, mouth. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people think like right away, rugby, their idea of it or any sport in general. Like I can't do this. Like I'm not athletic. I'm not thin enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not tall enough. Like I'm not fast enough. Um, I wish people could just see like the sheer diversity of women who play club sport sports as adults. Like we have emergency room nurses on our team. Like we have uh, military Probably personnel. Probably a good thing. Yeah. No, seriously. Oh, yeah. I've had like we once had one nurse on our team like hook up a, m- a men's player like in her car to an IV and put it over like the coat hanger in the car. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it just. You know, I, I feel bad. I'm like, I can't make it to practice. I have X, Y, and Z going on. And, like, one of my teammates, like, was working, like, 12-hour shift and, like, got to practice. Like, oh, crap. I feel terrible. But just, like, anyone anyone could do it. Anyone, really. Um, and you don't know what you're capable of until you get on the field or whatever, on the court. Um, and you have all these people depending on you like once you pull off that really great move and like you first get that little spark of confidence um the the world opens up with sports you're like oh i can actually be good at something and being good at stuff feels good go be good at things you don't know what you're good at well so. yeah the, the, the um the nhl's motto is act or for for especially when it's doing um pride nights is hockey is for everyone yeah because they really think and hope that everyone does it yeah that they that they that's how they think the sport should be grown too and they've done a really good job with that yeah i think um even for the longest time rugby was the first sport i really did and it was freshman year of college i just thought you know i was like this slow kid like i just thought was like i don't do sports that's not my thing automatically assumed i will never do sports and then i did the sport and hey guess what i love doing this sport now i'm in the gym all the time and now i'm like always talking about fitness and i'm like I was in love with it this whole time and I had no fucking clue. So just like go out and fall in love with something. You have no idea. So I don't know. That's a little generic, but um, it's nice to have a little bit of passion in your life outside of your job or your relationship or whatever, even if it's stupid and no one's watching. Like it just feels good to like be good at something. Uh, no, I'm, I'm with you entirely. Yeah. As Corwin would say, there's no one listening to this, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we love doing it. No, that's not true. There's someone out there. But I appreciate the reference. Yeah, go fuck yourself. We listened to it. We just said we listened to it this morning. It took Greg at least three minutes to figure out what the name of this podcast was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also pretty sure he'll listen to it because I'm pretty sure I'm the one who subscribed to it on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to say we have a special guest. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no. All Her right. name is Monkey. Monkey, say hi to the people. <laughs> Greg's currently holding a cat. <laughs> Oh, oh, she said hi. <laughs> hey, monks. Put her down. Put her down. Okay. You knew it was a bad idea, like getting someone who loves attention as much as Greg does on this show. <laughs> I'm having a good time. <laughs> yeah, can we do this more often? <laughs> if that- you have more things to say about things, Greg, Greg, learn learn some analytics, and then yeah, come on the show. All right. Um- Let's pick something. What do we? What do we want to? When I come? No, up? not right now. No, Greg. seriously. Let's be do done it. in a minute. Like let's let's wrap things up first. Um, almost done. Almost. I'm yeah, just man. getting started. You've been zoned <laughs> out this whole time. I hope you weren't just getting started. So, Caroline, as as the um, 
Uh, could you give me the name of the the, uh, the title again for your position with your with your rugby league again? Oh, uh, women's representative. Yeah. Um, so being team, not her league. I thought it was okay. Uh, it's with my team within the league. Whatever. Yeah, Greg, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what are some of your long term goals? Um, in that position. Um. Well, for women's rep, um. You kind of oversee a lot of things like we have specific committees like recruiting committee like fundraising committee and everyone else has their own jobs but like as women's rep it's just kind of your job to do whatever you can that everyone succeeds um so like i said several times i'm recruiting all the time we're running really lean i would just love to see our team have the numbers that we did back in like our heyday um where we had like subs on the sidelines at all times. And um, we, we like actually had the numbers to sit out if you were injured. And now people are like limping on the field because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little rough. But other than that, I would just love to like um, have spectators at our games, like specifically in Bethlehem where we do practice, there is a lot going on. Like you have iron pigs out in Allentown and um you know, you have a lot to do and you have the sands right there. But like, I would love to see uh, people just enjoy rugby on a spectator level. Like our games, specifically when we have double headers between the men and the women, usually like the women will play first and then we'll be done. And then we'll watch the men play like while we're drinking on the sidelines. And it's just, um, I would love to see like people be able to join that socially. Uh, we do have a lot of goals to just be like involved in the community. Uh, like I said, we're trying to develop a youth team. I'd love to see kids get into rugby. Like, like Greg said, he had a friend who like played all throughout his childhood and in high school. And we, we want to start that around here that no one plays rugby in, you know, elementary or high school around here. Um, I feel like that's mostly like a Colorado kind of thing. Uh, and I would love to see people do that specifically on the East coast. So if we can do that in our little corner of Bethlehem and have kids there and have families there, that that would be really great. Do you, Greg? Do you are you here still? I'm still here. <laughs> do you have any thoughts? Um. Yeah, you know, I just there's a lot of opportunities for there to be these youth programs, and I think. Uh, the one thing that I want to emphasize, <laughs> these two, listen, hold on, I'm going to take control of this podcast for a second. <laughs> Every time I've, I've been going to say something, Josh and Corwin take the mic slowly away from both of their faces, turn to each other, and just start cracking up. I would love for you to explain, gang, go. Because, because you started to answer, but you leaned back. And we're talking while looking at the game, and then you started speaking slowly while you were thinking of what you were going to say. Also, in saying, instead of saying for there to be, you just said for to be. <laughs> we'll have to go back to the tape on that one to... Uh... Josh, make sure you edit that in so we get the replay of me saying that. In. I just... <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, though... The one thing that I think is so important for everybody to understand about rugby and why it's such a different culture than any other sport is that, like, like from me, from I'm a referee. I see it all when it comes to the discipline 
of these kids and the people who are playing. There is so much respect for not only the team you're competing against, but for the referees who are on the field that you don't see in any other sport. These guys who play rugby on a professional level level would never dare to go up to a referee to start badgering in his face like a soccer player would because the second a rugby player would do that to a referee a rugby referee he would probably be getting red carded it is that serious when it comes to discipline and i think it really shapes some of these young men and young women went at a really early stage to really be the best kind of person that they can be when they get older what's it like having a rugby player as a girlfriend hot <laughs> you hear that ladies no it's go fun. play rugby it's fun like we get men to... will love you Dude, and if you and it's if fun. you play soccer instead greg will think you're a little bitch <laughs> <laughs> it's fun having a girlfriend that's uh into rugby in that place because we're able to go to games together we're able to i've refereed some of her games before we've gone to professional games before i know caroline has put some interest into getting her refereeing certification too um, so that's something that we've talked about and where she can do that next. So it's it's really we like I said, we go to tournaments together. We I'm refereeing at a tournament. She's playing at a tournament. It's and then I get to see my little sunshine. Oh, she's blushing. I win. Oh, what do you mean you win? Oh, God. Just a game I just created. Oh, jeez. I don't think I don't think you won there, bud. But uh. <laughs> For my final question to you, Caroline, um, where would your ultimate goal for, say, your rugby league, um, leaving aside the, the, the more national rugby mm-hmm. league, is uh, specifically with, with the women's league, um, in like where would you ideally have it be in, in 10 years with, with, with subs, with spectators, or maybe even move to larger fields that could accommodate yeah. more spectators? Where would you like to see it? Um. Yeah, that that hit home better better pitch, honestly. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with we have to get involved in the community on a youth level, on a fundraising level, whatever, because we need to be appreciated more. I would love to see the community appreciate us more, um, see what we have to offer socially, uh, as Greg was saying, you know, youth development wise. Um, right now it's rough. We share a, a pitch. Well, we don't share the pitch, but we're right next to Bethlehem Steel Youth Football. So we have to share bathroom facilities. We have to share storage facilities, and it's it, it's really hard to like make pe- make newbies want to come out to practice when you have to like pay twenty bucks for you know to chip in to rent like indoor practice venue, and you have to show up to the pitch twenty minutes early to white line everything because no one will do it for you. Um, I. I it's it's nice to like have your hard work come out and produce something, but it would be nice also for players to be able to walk on the pitch and it be ready for them. And um, I think in ten years, Lehigh Valley Hooligans specifically, I, I'd love to see them on the level. And this you can't really appreciate this unless you know the league. But I'd love to see them on the level as Northeast Irish in Philadelphia. They get respect. Um, their name is known. Uh, we've had players leave our team to go play for Northeast Irish because shout out Kelsey. We, JK, we love Kelsey. Um, I would love to see girls leave the hooligans and then go up and play on a higher level. Like I'd love to see that be a route, not even for girls specifically, but 
I'd love for us to feed into something bigger. Right now, Lehigh Valley Hooligans, no one knows. Like, for people... I know. Yeah, you know. (laughs) But even for people in, like, the rugby scene, (laughs) I hate to say rugby scene, but, like... I like how you also swiveled your head when you said it. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so you know, like, I'm hip. But, um... In the rugby scene, they don't they, they don't know Lehigh Valley Hooligans. And I, I'd love for someone to say, yeah, we're playing the Hooligans this weekend. And be like, fuck, good luck. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. My one last comment <laughs> when it comes to how people really care about growing this community of rugby. We're sitting here currently watching the uh, World Series of Sevens that we were talking about earlier in the show. And they're currently in the final matches of the weekend so the it's kind so each of the each of the final titles has its has its own name like there's a plate final there's a cup final and basically it's like first place third place fifth place with just some fancy names but so what i'm trying to get at though is that usa is playing in the first place game at the end of the day and they just had the first of last four games on they care so much as players to grow the game that even though you have such a big game on the line in about an hour and a half, two hours, um, someone like Perry Baker, who just, uh, who's one of the best rugby players to base, one of the fastest rugby players to play sevens, he's willing to put his time aside to go and talk about what he's done in his career to advances help advance himself but not only that to grow the game and to talk about where rugby's going and i just think that's something you would never see in any other sport ever right on corwin do you have any final questions yeah just so if anyone who may in fact be listening wants to go and watch a rugby match and see for themselves what is the best match you've seen in recent years Um, I mean, we've seen some fun games before where we've seen some of those premiership games. They do every once in a while, they'll do a game down in Philly. Um, we've seen USA play Ireland before over at Red Bull Stadium in Newark. That was an awesome time. Great experience. Uh, but I'll say one of my finest moments and you know what? I don't know how you do this, but if you can, if you can find, I'm not going to edit anything in. Greg. No, I don't want you to edit. If you can start doing some like social tags and really start tagging some people on whatever platforms you're posting this on, um, I want you to tag Madison Hughes, and I, I really hope he gets a hold of this, and I really hope he's re- he remembers what I'm talking about. And he was playing Kutztown in a sevens tournament. It was my freshman year. It was after the freshman year of college, of college, and he was playing in the sevens tournament, the Penn Mutual sevens tournament. Down in Philly, that's the College Seven Series they do every year. It's a really great event. They do a good job of hosting it. It's an awesome atmosphere. And he was playing Kutztown in pool play, and I remember it so specifically. Um, Dartmouth scored a try as time was expiring to make it fourteen twelve, and they just needed to hit the 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 conversion to end the game in a tie. And Madison Hughes was not set up with the best kick. Um, after he scored the try, he was very off-centered. He was very much to the right. And I just remember the whole place erupting when he nailed it right down the middle of this super difficult kick. It was definitely one of my favorite moments of watching rugby of all time. 
I can't take anything you said seriously because Red Bull Stadium is not in Newark. Yes, it is. It's in Harrison. Is it technically Harrison? Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Greg, this, this invalidates it's all our Newark. entire conversation It's all Newark. Today. Everything over there, the it's all Newark. Yeah, you don't even deserve to be on this show. <laughs> so, folks, so it turns out we're not even going to publish this show. No, actually, we will publish it. It'll just be Caroline just having arguments with nobody the entire time. <laughs> no one will know the grit in the name Greg Potempa. Oh, that's all right. But that's okay. Um... So we're we're pretty much done. I don't think I have any other questions. Is there anything else you guys want to mention or shout out before we close up shop? What are we do? What are you gonna say? What even is rugby? It's a sport. Just no. You don't get this talk anymore, other core one. Um, right. what kind of statistics are we doing for our next show? Come on, we'll I want to. I want to be there on a Thursday night. I want to be there on a Thursday night. We'll get the, come on, let's announce <laughs> it now. Present. No, Greg, just just move. Hand the mic to your girlfriend. Th- thank you for having me. <laughs> Caroline. Uh, um, I, I think if people who are interested in either playing or watching, just look up where your local club is. You'd be so surprised. You where, know? where is your local club uh, located, Caroline? Um, <laughs> for people my, in the area who might be My local club is located in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, at Monocacy Park. Uh, we practice every Tuesday and Thursday from 6 to 8. Um, <laughs> we also, but there's also clubs in like Morristown, in New York City, everywhere. Uh, and just go watch. Just show up. It's free. It's fun. Someone will probably hand you a beer. They won't even know who you are. Just, just dip your toes in. Just do it. Caroline is now promising free beer <laughs> at all local rugby I, events. I am confident that I can follow up on that promise. I'm very confident. And if you're interested in refereeing. <laughs> You've Go never ahead. heard of the sport, but if Go you want to referee it. Go ahead, Greg. Um, even if you do play and you don't plan on refereeing a whole lot. I think it's super important for everybody to do so they get a good understanding for what exactly a referee a referee is looking for during a match. Um, so if that's something that you're interested in, check out USA Rugby's website. Check out when they have their level one officiating class near you, and you should definitely attend one. Well, all right, guys. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having us. I'm really sorry for my boyfriend. See you, tall guy. <laughs> Thanks for coming, tall guy. <laughs> All right, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at JuicingPod. Uh, if you want to f- look at uh, the show notes for this episode of previous episodes, you can find us at juicingthenumbers.website.com slash website. If you want to reach us via email, you can do so at juicingthenumbers.com.